0: Welcome to the Apple Store Kurfürstendamm in Berlin. Today's event is about building a successful startup in the sharing economy. Please welcome our guest moderator, Lisa Lang.
1: Yeah, well, um, hello and welcome. Um, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much to um, Apple to uh, open the door for like uh, such a lovely evening into such a lovely premises. My Apple iPhone feels so much at home here. Um, I'm also especially pleased to welcome you to a panel um, which. I think everybody of you like might have already had a personal relationship. I actually checked, I have a relationship with all of them, in a professional way, of course. Um, like, for instance, this morning, I um, I booked my Airbnb for my London trip. I took the DriveNow car to go grocery shopping. Um, my sister called and said, okay, she has the carpooling ticket for her trip this weekend. and. Um, I love my Etsy bag I got two weeks ago custom made from Budapest. So um, if that sounds familiar to you, you're right here right now in the perfect place because we are going to talk about those four companies who make make it for us possible to um, live such an interconnected and fabulous life full of customized and shared love. Um, But also, of course, all of that has a very serious business component. Um, I did some research this afternoon. I actually realized that With those four people here on the uh, panel, we actually have representatives of altogether of 15 million people worldwide community. So that is like kind of a nifty number to start with. Um, I would like to start, of course, ladies first, with the fabulous Caroline Trucker, who is the country manager of Etsy. Please put your hands together. Hello, hello, Caroline. It's so good to see you again. Yep. Um, we've we've been knowing each other for a while now, mm-hmm. and I've been following you. And I'm like especially pleased um, to also um, listen to your story, how you actually came to Etsy. <laughs> but b- before we go like to the interesting part, <laughs> tell me, um, Etsy, 2005, five. Everything started. You actually have the biggest share on the 50 million, you have Mm -hmm. 30 million registered users worldwide. Yes. How did everything start? How do you get to to such a number?
2: Well, Etsy began in 2005 um, with our founder, Rob Kalin, who really believed that there was an opportunity for makers to connect directly with their customers, that you didn't just have to go to a big box store to go shopping, um, that there's a worldwide community of artisans, and so he had this vision of a marketplace where anyone could come and and buy from from creative small businesses. And it just grew from there. So if we look at a snapshot of 2013, we sold about $1.3 billion worth of goods, U.S. dollars. We have buyers and sellers in every single country on the planet. And um, we we are continuing to, to grow in an incredibly robust way to further our mission. Of a world in which we see a more fulfilling and l- that's more fulfilling and lasting, and supporting independent creative businesses. So on Etsy, anybody can buy something directly from the person who made it, whether you are sitting in Jakarta or you're sitting in in
1: Berlin. Excellent. So, but also, um, you know, every company is made by its people. So um, I'm really curious, like, how did you come to Etsy? Well, first of all, I'm not the country manager anymore. <laughs> Just a a
2: small change. I now actually run Etsy's in-house creative agency. But I first came to Etsy as country manager. Um, And the the reason I came to Etsy was that I, I am personally someone who loves to make things in my hands. I've been working in the tech community in Berlin. And as much as I love the the ones and zeros that that make technology work, it was the opportunity to work at a company that has such a physical manifestation. And also where we see such direct um, results in people's lives. Almost every single week, I'm able to talk to different sellers around the world whose, whose lives are changed by opening up their own small business on Etsy. Um, the opportunity to work at a company like that was rewarding. Um, and so, so I joined two years ago. And then for the last year, I've been, as I said, running our internal creative agency. And so we manage all of the, the creative work for every single um, one of our offices around the world.
1: Fantastic. And last question. Sharing is for you what?
2: It's an interesting question because at Etsy we, c- we are we are uh, we are a marketplace, and so we're not sharing goods. People buy things and then they keep them. Um, But I think where sharing really comes into play is amongst our seller community. Etsy would not be successful were it not for the strong relationships that our sellers have with each other because they understand that together as a global community of makers, they're stronger. And so our sellers are more than happy to share knowledge and their successes with each other. And so we found the best way to actually onboard sellers and the best way for sellers to become successful business people is to learn from each other. And we have a lot of different tools on the platform that help our sellers do that. But it's really about the sharing of of knowledge that that has built Etsy to the business that is today.
1: Thank you very much, Caroline Trucker. So, now we have the (coughs) first man on stage and I really hope I'm going to pronounce your last name. I'm going to try it and help me. Um, Christopher (coughs) Cedarstock from um, Airbnb. Hi, how's it going? I think we are waiting for your. You have brought something. You have brought, yeah, I a, brought little, a little video. Li- li- little
0: video. I hope we can play it. I pretty much use Airbnb for everything now. Come out here to San Francisco quite often now, and I only stay with Airbnb.
3: Airbnb has allowed me to travel the way I want to travel.
0: It's the best way to check out the neighborhoods and find places in town. I initially chose Airbnb mostly. It's a local company, San Francisco company, which I liked. But then when we started using Airbnb, it was really easy to use. I think it's it's really a win-win. It saves the guests money and this kind of fills in the gaps where we need the income.
4: We had a big house with lots of empty bedrooms and we thought it would be uh, interesting to fill them up with people.
1: I tell all my various guests where to go, where to eat, where to hear
5: music. My neighborhood is a hidden gem and I love to share it with my guests.
2: Airbnb has a great way of bringing people together.
4: It sounds a bit dramatic but it kind of restores your faith in humanity.
2: It increases your quality of life.
5: We've met a lot of folks from different parts of the world whom we would never have met
4: or talked to on the street. I've only met absolutely wonderful people and had great experiences.
1: I tell my friends that Airbnb is awesome. Um, I love meeting new people and I love sharing my space.
4: I think almost all our friends are doing it now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for that little present. So are you renting out your apartment on Airbnb as well?
0: Currently not, no. I'm uh, traveling a lot on Airbnb though. Um, I spent the better part of my career at Airbnb traveling back and forth between our headquarter in San Francisco, which you saw in the video, um, and Hamburg and Berlin. Uh, so I stay typically between 160 and 200 nights a year on Airbnb actually with various hosts, uh, mainly in San Francisco and across Europe.
1: So the fact that you now can travel Everywhere and there's always somewhere a couch where you can crush or an entire apartment entire loft I've also seen you actually we you can rent boats now and um, Like entire castles. I'm gonna do that one day Um, So like again, like how did you get to such a huge user space like Did how did it start with a couch somewhere in San Francisco? It actually did. Yeah,
0: Um, so uh, Joe and Brian um, two of our co-founders they met at design school in Rhode Island. They both moved to California. Joe moved to San Francisco and Brian to LA. And they decided to start a company. So Brian packed his bags and took his Honda Civic up to San Francisco and uh, started living with Joe. And it happens that the, they got a rent increase just a couple of weeks after after Brian got there. So they were not able to make ends meet. Uh, but a design conference was coming to San Francisco. So they got Nate, who Joe knew because they had lived together previously to build them a very small website where they could put up an airbed and serve their uh, their guests breakfast. Um, So they called the company Airbed and Breakfast. And they promoted it through the design blog. And they got a couple of bookings and were able to make ends meet. And that's how the company was started. Um, And I think it's grown uh, across the world. And we're in 192 countries and 34,000 cities. I think we're missing North Korea and Cuba. But we'll get them eventually, I guess. But it's (laughs) about, because it's about travel and people love to travel and people travel across continents and they meet people and then they take the concept back home with them. So for us, we're truly global and we have guests and hosts all around the world, over 600,000 listings right now.
1: And Absolutely amazing. And also because like it, it was an idea um born by desperation and um not having enough money. So, you know, next time if you're desperate and don't have enough money, look at Airbnb. Maybe there is like the next version out here already. So um but also I'm curious about you, Christopher. Yeah. Like, you know, how did you get to, you know, travelling and, you know, having a couch, a new couch every day or every week?
0: So I started Airbnb about two and a half years ago. I had been involved in the startup scene in Berlin and Munich before then. Originally, I started my career in banking, but that was a terrible job. So I, I started a company in Munich, and then I moved to Berlin a couple of years later and built a couple of or helped help build a couple of companies here in Berlin. And I ended up uh, founding an incubator in Berlin that, when Airbnb was internationalizing, called us and asked them to help with the internationalization. And uh, that's how I got to Airbnb. At first it was a client, but I think week three, I was pretty sure that I was gonna, <laughs> this was gonna be it, so I left Eventually the old job we get them all. <laughs> we do get them all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, so, and last question, sharing for you is?
0: So sharing to me is about trust. Uh, it's about trust and family. When I think of sharing, I think back. Um, I moved around a lot when I was a kid with my parents. Well, my parents moved around They took me and they also took my brother and we shared everything. I mean, siblings do share everything, but we also shared aside from toys and bedrooms and friends, we also shared the experience of making new friends and getting into new schools. And that trust and sense of family is what sharing is about for me.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. So round number three, the fabulous Tobias Helming from carpooling.com.
2: <coughs>
1: <laughs> and I thought like I'm going to <sighs> completely mess up uh, Christopher's f- surname, but I've actually did yours. My I'm one. I'm so sorry. It was Helbing? Helbing. Was it okay. Helbing. See, I just shouldn't have yeah. mentioned it, and you wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, welcome, Christopher. Before we, you know, we're gonna interview you. Um, I believe also you have a little video for us.
5: Yeah, I want to share a video with you as well. <laughs>
1: Don't you hate it that gas is getting more expensive every day?
0: And why is it that whenever you're going somewhere, trains and flights always cost a fortune? Here at Carpooling we believe in bringing people together to share a ride and to share their costs, making travel cheaper for everyone. But how does it work? With a few clicks, drivers can offer empty seats and passengers can find and book a ride. By looking at user profiles and previous ratings, you can make an informed choice about who you want to ride with. With free iPhone and Android apps, Carpooling can now be organized on the go, so you never have to be stuck again. So what are you waiting for? Join the millions of users on Carpooling.com and start your journey
1: today. You are actually, your, uh, carpooling.com is actually the oldest one from yeah. the whole round. I, I, I mean, just really realized. the oldest one. <laughs> I mean, you know, you started in 2001.
5: Yeah, <coughs> a long, long time ago, actually. Yeah.
1: And you had a different name, also.
5: Yeah, we still have. So the the transformation in Germany didn't uh, took place yet. So we're slightly um, preparing everything. But um, yeah, as most of you know us as mitfahrgelegenheit.de. Um, the the international brand is uh, carpooling, and um, we um, yeah we we entering a global market, and so therefore mitfahrgelegenheit.de doesn't doesn't work at all. So all the um, yeah, uh, international people, they, they, they can't handle the, the word Mitvergelegenheit. <laughs> they don't even have a clue what <laughs> does it mean. <coughs> exactly. And um, yeah, Mitvergelegenheit was founded uh, in 2001, as you already noticed, and uh, by three uh, students in Würzburg. And uh, it was actually um, a spin-off of a uh, city, city platform called was and um, the, the idea was, um, or actually it was in need of themselves, because they had like long uh, distance relationships and they wanted to ch- travel sheep. And therefore they, they came up with the idea of Mitfahrgelegenheit and started um, creating the platform.
1: Yeah, I remember, I think like in 2005, I was um studying and had like one of those like weekend relationships <laughs> and i think <laughs> exactly. like in you know, a lot of yeah you know, i think it probably was your standard use and i was so grateful and i've met so many lovely people I'm still in contact with them right. so <coughs> um well you know how, how did you get there did you just you know went on mitvergelegenheit and the, the founder was in the car <laughs> and asked all of the <laughs> Almost <job>. like this,
5: <laughs> actually, almost. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, I joined uh, Mitfahrgelegenheit um, in 2004 as a, as a user, actually, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, ended up after my, my universities and doing some um, yeah, some thesis on Mitfahrgelegenheit and, and finally applied for a job at, um, at the company. And now I'm there for about, yeah, more than five years. As um, the German country manager, and uh, um, it's, uh, I was actually fascinated by the by the by the whole idea and how it was working, and um, especially in Germany because this is like an uh, important place for carpooling actually.
1: Excellent. Also, what we what do we learn? You know, become a fan, and you might get employed later on. <laughs> you know, happened. <laughs> so, um, but also last question: sharing for you is what?
5: Yeah, sharing for me is. Um, um, it's it's not a question of um, or it's not a phenomena of um, the internet age. It's much older actually. And uh, if you if you see the the idea of carpooling, uh, it started uh, back in the fifties. Yeah, and um, that's that's sharing for me.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. So, and then last but not least, Michael Fischer from Drive Now, come and join us. <laughs> Have you brought something as well?
4: I brought an old video,
1: yes.
3: (laughs) Welcome to Drive Now, a completely new car sharing service. Brought to you by BMW i, Mini and Sixt. True to its name, Drive Now gives you access to a car in the city wherever and whenever you need it. And leave behind with the same flexibility. Personal mobility has never been easier without the need of owning a car and without any base fees. Sign up is simple. Register for the service with your driver's license at one of our stations. You'll receive an electronic sticker which will turn it into your car key from then on. Through the Drive Now app on your mobile phone or website you can locate a car near you and reserve it. Or if you spot a Drive Now car on the street, see if it's free and jump in that instant. Open the door with your driver's license. Enter a PIN code. And you're ready to go. Drive freely at a reasonable price billed by the minute. Fuel is included. And when you're done, check out with a click and leave the car anywhere you want. Parking within the city is free. Personal mobility has never been easier. Find and drive. That's premium car sharing. Drive now.
1: Excellent. Well, you know, I'm also a customer, as I'm all of you all, you know, as well. And um, thank you so much, because otherwise I would have, have to buy a car and take care of insurance and fuel and something like that. I'll just, like, say to my husband, like, Honey, would you like the Mini or the Mercedes tonight? It's fabulous. So, of course, you know, we have to go through the trail first. Um, we drive now. You're yeah, actually youngest part uh, here in this round in 2011, but um, I think, like, especially in in Berlin, like, you know, you see drive now cars everywhere, and you're expanding. But like, what happened two years ago?
4: Well, this idea is pretty new. Um, maybe you know that drive now is a joint venture between BMW and uh, the rental company Sixth. Um, and the reason why they started that was they found out that people buy an iPhone, but they don't buy cars anymore, especially in big cities like Berlin, Hamburg, or Berlin, uh, or Munich. So what they decided was they have to offer something that fits to, to people in a city, fits to modern lifestyle. Um, there was car sharing before, but it was not as flexible as what we do. Uh, car sharing actually was you had to go to a station, had to get your car and had to bring it back. So um, that new idea, which started in 2011 with Drive Now is you can rent a car at point A and leave it on point B, um, and in between, you know, you drive, but you don't have to care about anything. You just pay minute-wise, you don't have to care about gas, you don't have to pay, um, care about insurance, you don't have to care about uh, the, the parking spot and, and the cost of the parking spot. Everything is included. And that idea was pretty smart, pretty genius. And um, since we're just a, a joint venture between BMW and the rental company, Sixth, it is the perfect actually combination for us because the one side brings the cars and the technique behind it, and the other side brings all the fleet management and the rental uh, knowledge. So um, and right now we have 250,000 customers after yeah three years.
1: We're going to talk about the technology later. I'm super curious, um, but of course first of all, like you know, um, how can you top the other stories from those people here? How you get a job at DriveNow?
4: I don't know whether I can top it. So um, I worked in PR pretty long before I joined DriveNow, and uh, a friend called me and said, well, there is a job offer from uh, DriveNow from BMW for a car rental um, in in Berlin. That could be something for you. So I just read it and said, well, that's really new. That's better than everything I heard before from car sharing. So I just um, applied for the communication manager in Berlin which actually was a position for marketing and more for sales. And from year to year, it just shifted actually to, to a PR um, uh, position, because right now um, I have to do so many press uh, demands and, and uh, so many journalists calling me every day um, and ask what that system is. Uh, so right now I just only work in PR and uh, we have a new city, uh, city manager for Berlin.
1: Excellent. And last question, sharing is for you what?
4: Well, sharing for us at um, at DriveNow is more about saving money. It's not as altruistic maybe as uh, other sharing uh, schemes because people don't share the cars because we share the cars (laughs) actually as a company with the people. And the people use our cars uh, to save money and to save time and to save hassle. So, car sharing is saving
1: finally, and this is the first round. Next round, um, also what you um, see here is we have two different um, approaches to um, get into um, a continent or a country. So, for instance, we have uh, Mitfahrgelegenheiten or carpooling.com and DriveNow who both started in Germany and then reached out um, to um, other European countries and also US. At some stage,
4: actually, only uh, the u s. only no the European US. country so far.
1: that's going to be an interesting story. And then we have um, Airbnb and Etsy who did exactly the opposite. So they came from to US and then um moved into Europe and also of course Germany. so and um that's the interesting point. It's like, hmm, Germany versus U.S. What are the differences? What are the difficulties? And of course, because we want to see this positive, what are the opportunities? So let's start with let's start with the Germans first. Um, so Tobias, uh, you started in Germany and reaching out into other com- uh, under c- other countries. Like, how did that happen? Was it like strategic, or just like the cars seemed to go in that direction? Or? Mm
5: course i mean uh, going international was never a question it was uh, um, obvious that we uh, that we have to uh, make a big network maybe all over the world to uh, to get a um, interesting product actually running it's the same like for airbnb i guess but um the, strat- the strategy to to go international was actually quite easy i mean we started in germany and um we had like uh, within this, um, um short time actually, um, users have been starting going cross-border. And then we realized, of course, Austria, Switzerland, that was a a quick catch. And um, then we realized as well that there's lots of traffic going to Poland, to France, and to Italy. And this this has been uh, making actually the strategy to internationalize. And uh, that's what we did actually. I mean, we started Austria and Switzerland in 2008, and um, then in 2010 we, we, yeah, we really catched up with uh, Spain and with uh, France and Italy and Poland and the uh, UK as well. And uh, of course, we, yeah, we're gonna gonna go on with this uh, strategy and, uh, um, yeah, to try to to catch some new markets.
1: So sh- since you've been there for quite a while, I. I can you know I'm always after stories so, <laughs> you can, so um just like, pretend nobody is here, and we have a drink and um so like you know give me some insights, like how difficult or easy or fun or you know interesting is it to you know move with the community because t- as far as I understood, like your community actually let led you the way um you know with everybody going to Poland and then you just you know reached out to um expand it to Poland so um is there anything you want to share just with me
5: yeah of course I mean this is it's important to be in the market and that's what we realized currently we are just based in uh, in, uh, in Munich so this is our headquarter and it's the only one of course <laughs> and um, but uh, we decided to go in different countries and be there with their um, yeah, local office and uh, be closer to the user and uh, get the community um, more um, yeah running actually so that's the inside
1: Fantastic. So, well, you know, I'm gonna find my story. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's also I think it's because like sharing, like the community shared with you information,s and you just followed. So it's like giving back. It's very nice. So, Michael, can you tell me a story About of opportunity it. and joy? How it is from move to Germany to the U.S.
4: Well, the point is actually um, since we're so young, and and maybe you don't believe it, we're a small company still although we belong to, to big companies, but uh, sometimes we work like a startup. So we have um, six to eight people here in Berlin, and we have 20 people in Munich, um, and three to four in all the other cities. So that's drive now. That's, it's not more, actually. It's, you know, um, a very lean business. And what we do is um, we wanted to make, or we wanted to have processes, uh, which we um, actually have first in Germany. Uh, we want, wanted to grow slowly and sustainable, um, and understand how the business works. And when we're just settled and, and know how it works, um, then we can go to other countries. So the U.S. Um, maybe is the biggest market in that uh, point of uh, point of view. Um, I think maybe you know Zipcar. It's uh, one of the uh, or is the biggest car sharing company in the world, started in the U.S., offering actually the old classical service uh, where you have to bring your car back. And um, they have millions of customers in the. US. So for us it was just a reason uh, the reason to go to the. US because we saw that is the biggest market. That's why we just chose uh, San Francisco first and um, offered a full electrical car sharing there because it fits to the city. Um, the city wanted that electrical car sharing, so there are only d- electrical BMW uh, driving there. But it's it's uh, difficult, of course, it's difficult because you have to, um communicate to each other, and uh just you don't ha- want to lose information in in the process between two countries, and that's actually uh the biggest problem if you expand
1: so um also you you just set the point um the active e series if you ever have the choice uh, the chance to catch one here in berlin drive it, it drives like a spaceship I love it, <laughs> but I can't imagine so what uh, what you also just described was that understanding the market and then going into the gap and just like with the with the active. Absolutely. FF, you have FF, to understand yeah. the
4: market. Um, in every country you are which also means you have to have locals um, who do the business in the market because that's what we did in Germany. So when you start in Berlin, you come from Berlin because you understand the market. Um, If you if you are from Munich, uh, you actually can work in Munich because you know how the people think, how the people communicate. And it's always a little different uh, from from each city to the other. And it's still uh, a lot more different between countries. So that's why you need locals who understand the market.
1: Thank you. So, Caroline, the other way around. How did you... Did you were hunting for um, German local people to tell you, you know, um, how Etsy can go into the market or what was the strategy? I think the interesting thing about Etsy
2: is that from almost day one, we were a very international company we never actually set up an American marketplace. We don't have different websites for different markets. It's just that anyone who comes to Etsy gets the exact same experience. And so from a very, very early point, we had international buyers and sellers, essentially people who are really part of this movement of, 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 of uh, individuals who are building their small independent creative business. And I think what appeals to people about Etsy is that ability to set up a business in your own way, because you can set your own success metrics. It's not about you have to sell X amount of inventory or you have to have a certain price point. It's completely up to the individual. And that ability to say, I want to run my business on Etsy because I... Want to be able to go to bed at night happy, or because I want to earn at l- I want to sell at least a million dollars worth of goods this year, it's completely up to the the seller, and that's something that's universal and works around the world, um, and that's and that's why we do have have buyers and sellers in almost every 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 country on the planet. Also, North Korea is also not a <laughs> hot spot for us as well, um, not but. <laughs> There came a point when, when we realized that organic growth is wonderful, we love it, and organic growth is, is, is tremendous in markets where we're just blown away that suddenly just a country will just sort of explode. But of course it comes to a certain point where you need to start to add fuel to the fire. Um, and for us, uh, Germany was a really natural starting point. Uh, one reason was, you know, Germany has a very long tradition of handicraft. Um, there 's a very strong belief in in quality and tradition, and that 's something that we identified with tremendously one of our company values is we value we put cr- we value craftsmanship in all that we do i mean every single pixel on our website is is almost crafted um But also Berlin really is a do-it-yourself city and that ethos of a place where creative people can come and set up their own business in their own ways and another one of our company values is keep it real, which sounds like sort of American marketing hype talk. Um, But for us really keep it real is about being honest with ourselves and really practicing what we preach. And um, we, we found that sort of the model that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and artisans in Berlin it was very, very similar to how we run Etsy as a business. So it was a, natural, it was a natural jumping off point. And now we have offices in Dublin, London, Amsterdam, Paris, Berlin, Sydney, Melbourne, and people also in lots of other different places all, all over the globe.
1: Excellent so but again what I uh, understand here is like a pattern where you know you follow your community So um, and then (coughs) all of the sudden like if if somebody goes to poland You know or you find you define the market understand the market and go in there uh, because you know there is a community Um, So uh, But uh, also internally it's like is for the team is there a difference between like etsy germany and etsy us or etsy poland or um, um, australia uh, I, wear the, I think one of the things that surprises people the most
2: about Etsy is people like to make a lot of assumptions about people being very different all over the world. And um, my boss did a trip recently to Shenzhen to a lot of our sellers there, and she came back and we looked at the pictures and we realized we probably have a lot more we have a lot in common with those sellers in in Shenzhen, China. Um, the things there's a lot more that connects people than, than makes them different. Different. The key is really to understand sort of what are the differences in communications, the touch points, and the things that inspire people, and the things that really start to um, create customer intent tend to be somewhat universal. But the way to sort of the way to get to that is somewhat different, and that's where it really is important, um, as was already mentioned, to have local intelligence to help
1: understand that. Well, that's a really good point about communication, Christopher. As we've seen at the video, um, especially Airbnb isn't about having a couch, you actually also have a communications partner um, who can tell you all the lovely stories from from where they just came from and like, hey, this is my city, I'll show you around. That was my experience always when I went in Airbnb because um, I did like the full package, like, can I have your bicycle and can you show me the way to the next bar, like to, to the coolest in town, of course. So um for um airbnb coming from from the yes to germany uh communication wise was there like little hicc- hiccups or something like that oh
0: well if you grow very quickly as we did there are always the occasional operational hiccups um, airbnb is a truly international concept and that very first booking that uh, Brian and Joe had in their apartment actually one of the guys was a fellow from india who came to that conference so i think the the first booking was international and that's how airbnb spread it you know went from country to country As people travel they travel across borders and then they bring the concept home with them so in a sense when we internationalized operationally we followed our users and we followed where people were using the product already and where the community was already thriving and germany is a natural fit for that germany is the second largest tourism market in terms of travelers in the world and just short of china uh, which is slightly bigger in terms of population. I do suspect that China will pull ahead over the next <laughs> couple of years, but Germany's still a, a great opportunity for us, and Germans love to travel, and they're very open for other cultures. And it's, for Airbnb, it's obviously about sharing space, because we think you know, access trumps ownership, but it's also about sharing experiences. And I know so many personal stories where I went somewhere and ended up talking to the host for hours on end, about the most random topics, or to me, random topics, because it's always great to meet people who have a similar perspective on life, but they're actually doing something totally different than what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, that's what how kind of Airbnb internationalizes and thinks about internationalization.
1: I've actually got my secret recipe for my risotto. I've got it through an Airbnb gig in Italy. That was really good, thank you very much. Um, but for for Airbnb, especially going you know across the um, uh, across the world, it also means like you're actually going into the space of um, somebody else. So um, how do you? How do you manage that in terms of? We were talking about trust, um, and uh, I'm trying, like, kind of trying to sneak into our final round uh, in terms of like uh, um, technical opportunities. Like, you know, what is like a technical setups To, you know, trust is nice when you like a little short circle, but you know, once you expand, um, um, there are like some people out there who won't show you the way to a bar. Um, so, uh, how? Uh, what is your way to manage that, and of also, of course, across cultures and uh, languages and um, countries?
0: Right. Uh, trust and safety is one of the absolute core features of, of what we do, and it's an area that we're always investing in, and we'll I don't think ever stop investing in, in trust and safety. And we have a ton of features on the website that help guests and hosts get to know each other before they actually have the trip. You know, the review system, the messaging, our verified photography. Um, we have a ton of trust and safety features that we you know our customer support team is kind of actively engaging in and making sure that we monitor the the trust of the of the platform the security of our users on both sides so um we don't ever i don't think we'll ever stop doing that
1: and this is this again like g- giving like you know the, the the loving and giving experience of like you know sharing your place that um, is also secure, of course. Is there? Can you give me a short insight, and then I'll go. F- um, you know, also get like a heads up for you guys because I want to talk tech a little bit now for the final round um, to enhance the customer experience. Um, that is a big part of the of the sharing experience, of course. Um, um, what are like the kind of things you use to improve? internal management and also, of course, the external management for your customers?
0: So, um, one of the things that we believe strongly in the hospitality of our hosts. And our hosts have the best ideas about how to provide the best hospitality. So, what we try to do is to make sure that those ideas are shared. There's a great place for hosts to kind of put in their stories and, and their best practices. And then we use the things that we get back from the community and, you know, put it back out to other hosts who have are trying to use the product for the first time and maybe don't know exactly what to do yet. We don't sit in the back room and kind of come up with you know, the the best way to do something. But really, the individual hosts are the ones who are driving this. And we are facilitating it with our technology. And we're using all the technology that we can to build trust and to make sure that it's safe and secure. But ultimately, it's up to the hosts to provide a great experience. And they usually do.
1: How do you manage your time? I'm always like this is also a personal <laughs> question because you know I'm like going through like task management things and stuff like that. So okay. I do but what kind of like travel tracker do you use besides AMB of course?
0: Um so I don't really use a travel tracker. Um I try to meet with people in person more than I use email, which is difficult. Uh so instead of meeting in person we use Skype and Google Hangout to communicate across time zones. Our headquarters in San Francisco, so that's nine hours away from Germany which is pretty taxing so I usually stay up pretty late and, and my call is pretty late but I guess that's uh, it's not atypical um, and then the rest is standard technology I, I don't think there's anything there's no secret ingredient that you know takes everything away from you
1: Cool. Tobias what is your secret source tech wise
0: <laughs> <Well>, for us <coughs> the, the the secret
5: source was the actually the transaction when I' when I have a look on the product and um, especially the last year was it was important step for us to to place a transaction based um, system um, because um, it's that that was a crucial thing for developing new features for the future before it was just Actually it was just a blackboard people adding a lift um, searching for a lift that's it we never knew who was traveling together if the i mean if the, if the car was fully booked or not and uh, this this um, actually this step this, uh, opened us uh, lots of um, possibilities to to develop new feature uh, features around the platform and um, if you talk about technology for us it's really important um, Mobility tech mobile mobile technology because um, yeah carpooling is by definition uh, um, um, a mobile um, a mobile technology and uh, therefore it's really important to to focus on, um, um, on Mobile apps and uh, get everything on the mobile running because uh, that's the, that's the future for us and there are loads of uh, feature coming um, to, to make this happen actually
1: oh, we can be you know, looking forward in future for mobility technology, but that's also your point with um, drive now, because like that is fully packed with technology, with like the swipe card and stuff like that. Um, Michael, are you tracing, like, do you know exactly all the time where I am when I drive one of your cars? No,
4: we're not allowed to. Even if we would like to, we're not allowed to. Uh, So what we can do is, uh, or what we do is, um, we, we get the position right in the moment when you rent the car, so we know that you rented our car right now, and then we know just the moment and the location where you leave the car. But we don't know what you did in between. Uh, we're not allowed to do that, and we wouldn't do it. I mean, that's what you—you you have to trust your customers also. But we need those two positions, of course, also for the app because everything is app uh, application-based. Um, that's how our clients find the cars. So just only uh, through the GPS position, and. There's so much technique behind it. As you said, it's just uh, how you open the car, you know, that's uh, transmitted by uh, the the network, by the uh, the um, cell phone network um, to our servers. Um, And there's a communication between the server and the car. Um, When you open um, the car, um, you can, if you want, you can get a ride uh, uh, or you can offer your ride to others uh, through Flink. It's another uh, ride sharing company. in the car, and uh, if there are people who are looking for a ride from, from point A to point B, it's just shoot it in your car and you see it on the screen. Um, yeah, Th- there, there's just so many things actually, which is uh, uh, mobile-based. We, we have a call center, and this call center actually, I mean, it's not unemployed, but uh, people don't really call anymore. You know, they don't call to get a car, so they use uh, the, the mobile device. Um, and even if they have a problem, they just ask or yeah, ask through uh, Twitter or uh, through Facebook. Um, um, they communicate with us uh, through those channels and not through the telephone anymore.
1: Good point, Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you actually talking on the phone with customers? Do people call you? Or is it like everything on Twitter, Skype or text messaging? We actually
2: surprisingly only just opened up a call center. Um right before Christmas for our sellers, because sometimes we realized our sellers had really, really urgent things and they needed to be able to speak to somebody. Um, but I think in terms of technology, for us, of course, mobile is tremendously important. Like a lot of other technology companies, we don't say we have a mobile team. Every single one of our mobile teams is mobile. Um, f- because for our buyers, it's just so incredibly important to be able to make those purchases wherever they want and to discover things whenever they're... And wherever they are, um, for our sellers, I think from a technology perspective, it's actually our teams platform, which is just essentially a community platform where our team sellers are allowed to meet and and or are allowed to connect with each other and share knowledge. In fact, the, the captain of our Berlin Street team is here tonight, and you can ask her questions about what does what's community in in action. And I think internally for us probably one of, like, one of the technological lifebloods of Etsy, especially because we do have employees all over the world, is IRC. It's really old school, but it's amazing for communication between the different teams, and we also have a lot of really funny, great bots that we build as well. So, for example, you can give people pluses, and you know, during the Olympics, there were lots of little commands that you could you could type in to see how many medals each company, each, con- each country had. And so, IRC, even though it's something that feels incredibly technical and dorky, it's actually something that's really joyful and fun, and is really a core part of, of the Etsy, uh, ex- Etsy employee experience.
1: Excellent. Long live um, ISC. <laughs> I have to start my chat again. Okay. Well, that was the round. Um, thank you very much to you know all of you to come here and like sitting under the sunlight for um, half an hour. Caroline, Christopher, Tobias, Michael, thank you very much. Please put your hands together for this fabulous <coughs> panel.